Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into comic book movies, blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Devin, and we're going to be reviewing the latest Pixar film that should have released in theaters, and that is Turning Red. Uh, and before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Devin, how are you doing on this fine Saturday? It's the weekend. It's it's what is it? Fake Patty's Day. That's the that's the big thing. Yeah, yeah. Fake. I think I think it's Fake Patty's Day at my alma mater. St. Patty's Day is next weekend, I think. Because usually Fake Patty's Day is the weekend prior to St. Patrick's Day. Next Thursday. Next Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, since twenty twenty, um, a lot of things have kind of just blurred in, which kind of set, which kind of sucks. But yeah, you know, everyone's hopefully going to be celebrating some St. Patrick's Day, you know, turning green. But today we're going to be turning red, not out of anger, but out of embarrassment, out of coming of age, out of these that secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, that, that was hitting hard, dude. You're telling me. But how, how's your uh, how's your weekend been treating you so far? Are you watching anything uh, other than uh, turning red this weekend? I've been on a, a Sebastian Stan kick as of late. I, I finished up Pam and Tommy last night. Pretty pretty entertaining. And also I watched his new horror movie, Fresh. Oh, that's a horror movie. Did not know yeah. that. I got to watch. See, and I was trying to figure out what to watch this weekend. I might watch Fresh. Um, I would I think- definitely recommend Fresh. It's very fresh. <laughs> it's very fresh. At least. <laughs> Um, because I know we were supposed to cover Pam and Tommy here on the show. We just, we never did. I never even, I, I think yeah, I, I like, got, I never was able to view the screenings. Yeah. For, for me, it was just, there was just too much going on and, you know, things, things kind of get in the way there, but I mean, it is what it is, but I'm definitely going to check out fresh. Um, as I don't think I, I think I mentioned it last time I finished, um, Amazon um, prime videos, um, show that is the legend of Vox Machina. Definitely a really, really good watch. Um, not for children though. Just want to let you guys know that out there for, um, for that, uh, series. But if you're a big, like high fantasy or Dungeons and Dragons master out, um, fan, master fan out there, definitely give it a shot. Um, it's, it's, it's some good stuff. So I, I think I am going to try to watch fresh. There's, there's a few things, uh, coming to, uh, streaming services as well. I think, uh, Death of the Nile is also coming to HBO Max. I still got to watch West Side Story. Yeah, and um, the the Ben Affleck Anadarmus. Oh, deep, deep, was it deep water, deep water. Yeah, yeah. I got to add that to the list too. Man, I was going to see if it was getting good reviews first, but I know, mean, it, it, it's it's Anadarmus and Ben Affleck. You know, I, I'm I'm going to watch either way, but yeah, I, I know what you mean for sure. What Devin? Are you ready to take a trip to Toronto? Have some fun. Yeah. Never been. No, I've never been either. I, I would absolutely love to go. Going to Canada has has been on my bucket list for for years. I was close once, but unfortunately, I was on the Niagara Falls, USA side. So that's like the closest I saw Canada. I saw it there. It looked very beautiful. That amazing uh, skyline they have over there. 
But um, as we mentioned uh, before, we're going to be uh, covering our Turning Red review here. This is uh, Pixar's latest film that has hit Disney Plus, so it is out there for everyone to see. So we're going to be right back after this introduction to Pixar's Turning Red. Let's go. And we are back with our Turning Red review and the synopsis, the story is as follows. A 13-year-old girl named Mei Lin turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited. Now, that is a very super general um, synopsis going on uh, that I found on IMDb. So, I mean, they, they, they really know how to cut them short. So, it is what it is. But this is directed by Domei Shi. Um, and then the writers also include Domei Shi, uh, Ju- Julia Cho, and Sarah Streacher, and stars uh, Rosalie Chiang, Sandra Oh, and Ava Morris, just to name a few. So what we're going to do is we're going to get into our initial reactions, which includes our non-spoiler section. And then when you hear this little bad boy, that means we're going to be getting into spoilers for you guys. Just want to let everyone know out there uh, what our plan of attack is today so i'm actually going to start off this time because i usually have devin go first but um, i just kind of want to uh start start off here on today's episode uh for my initial reactions um just as a foreclosure i actually watched this movie twice and i also watched the uh turning red uh documentary after my second uh, watch of it um this morning how was that i gotta say Devin, it was very very insightful very very inspiring um uh Dome lee you know it, the entire production team majority of it um is female-led which is something i really really enjoy um i also want to say um obviously this is a film uh tailored for you know um it, it is a coming-of-age story but it, it is for women and um as you know, two males were recording for this or covering this, you know, there's some things that we're able to relate to, but majority of it, we're not able to, a lot of it, we can't really speak on. Yeah. This movie has been causing a bit of a, bit of a stir online with some uh, critics out there. Yeah. Which is very shocking because I mean, I'm going through Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, it's sitting on a certified fresh 95% for the tomato meter on the critic side. On the audience side, it's dipped down to a 66% audience score, which again is still fresh, but I, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, more than I thought. Um, I didn't really have any thoughts about it going in. You know, it's, it's another Pixar movie and, you know, Pixar always, always does it right. Um, unfortunately, as of late, you know, within these past three Pixar movies, uh, between Soul, uh, Luca, and now Turning Red, uh, none of them were able to have that theatrical debut, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, for Soul, yeah, I, what, what are we doing, Disney? Come on. I, I, I don't know. It's, three in a row. Well, Soul, I will give them a pass because it was the pandemic. Like we were in the heat of it. So it's kind of like their little Disney's quote unquote gift. But for Luca and for Turning Red, both of these movies um, should have been on um, 
on the silver screen, to be completely honest, just because I, I really enjoyed the direction and the vulnerability of Domei Lee's life essentially being brought to life on screen as well, a few, uh, as well as a few of the other, uh, uh, production members of having, you know, this overbearing mother being a, um, of, you know, Chinese Canadian, um, moving to the new world and trying to please your parents, um, as much as you can, you know, and because they are the ones who gave you life, you know, they are your entire world. Family always comes first. And I, I really liked how it is a coming of age story, for uh, women and, you know, girls who are coming of age uh, watching this, because usually it's not saying that it's usually male led, but in a way, yes. But also a lot of the coming of age films that we see are kind of more so general. Um, they don't really tackle these types of themes. This this is a beautiful metaphor for girls who are going through that change. And I just I really enjoyed it. Um I can't say it's my favorite uh, Pixar movie, but I definitely think after seeing it twice, um, it, this actually does rank number two for me. I mean, as much as I as much as I love like Luca and Saul, um, out of the three that we've gotten, I think this is the best one that we've had. It's it's different. It doesn't have that stand like that um, standard aesthetic that you would get from a Pixar film. Like obviously, it, it looks amazing, but the the art style that they chose for you know the characters, how uh, Maylin looks. Um, as a 13 year old girl, you know, they really, you can really show that they paid attention to detail and a lot of their own life experiences are, are right here on the screen. And also if this is not the best animated, like just heavily animated or anime, I should say the most heavily anime inspired Pixar film we've had to date. And I actually have a little bit of a fun fact here, Devin, uh, turning reds director, Domei Shi. Her five favorite films. Are you ready for this? Because she is a big uh, Hayao Miyazaki fan. So uh, number one is Spirited Away, Lion King, Mean Girls, Shaun of the Dead, and Shaolin Soccer. I think that is a very, very nice uh, top five films to have for sure. But you can definitely see the uh, Japanese anime aesthetics that have gone through with this film. And it, 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 it works. I mean, I didn't expect it to be there. And, you know, you see little drops of it throughout the entire film. And I, I really just enjoyed this uh, this movie overall. But I'll pass it over to Devin so I can shut up now about talking about this. Uh, so he can give his initial reactions to Turning Red. Let's take a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it overall. I mean, I feel like there's been a few critics out there that have been complaining about like not being able to relate to this character or this story. That just feels pretty narrow-minded. Like you just don't have much nuance in your review if that's what your end result is for a review. Like obviously we're not 
we're not females. We never have been a 13 year old girl going through puberty, but it's easy to see who that story is for and who that could help. Like, yeah. Imagine going through that and you can watch this movie and just see somebody else going through it and normalize that for you. Like I can imagine that would be so helpful. Uh, did your sister see this yet or no? I'm not sure. She okay. probably will. Yeah. I mean, the cast is great. Sandra O oh is the mom. She kind of breaks the uh, the old Pixar mom curse or the Disney mom curse. Wait, what? What, what is the? What is this Disney mom curse? I'm I'm very. They just hate moms most of the time. Like usually, usually there isn't one, or they're killed, or. Yeah, I I guess I can kind of see that. It's I mean, this still like I I think the only Pixar film I still have not seen to this day is like The Good Dinosaur. Um, but other than, yeah, I think that's the only one I haven't seen and I, I would like to, it's just, but yeah, I, I guess it is more of, well, like, do you think that's more of a Pixar thing? Do you think that's more of like a Disney? Probably more Disney going back to Bambi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially with Bambi. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I mean, and going back to what you said about, you know, critics not being able to saying that it's not relatable. Well, of course, you know, to the, the standard, you know, uh, white male critic out there, it's not going to be relatable. Um, there was one um, review or short snippet that I found from Rotten Tomatoes uh, from a critic from Chicago Sun-Times, uh, Chicago Sun-Times, excuse me. Um, I won't say his name, but um, he stated that the problems are mostly with the script, which often requires Mei Lin uh, to be almost uh, irritatingly obnoxious. I'm like, well, she's a 13-year-old girl. This is set in 2002. So we've been there. This this is screaming for millennials 100%. These, these aesthetics are very, very yes. familiar. The, 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 the Tamagotchi as well. I thought that was a very boy band. Nice. The boy band, you know, it's it, uh, Four Town is the name of the band in the show. And of course, it's uh, even through the, the trailer, like they're playing in sync. <laughs> like this is that, that song. That song is very catchy. It's it's insanely catchy. And I, I love how they are able to just grasp that period of time in 2002. And it just it's it's for millennials. Absolutely. But overall, this is for the you know the the young women out there um i can't say that this is like you know there are a lot of chinese aesthetics within this of course you know with the red panda being uh native to china uh certain parts of china but th there are a lot of uh chinese cultural aesthetics um and just you know guidelines and roots in this movie but overall i can't say that this is you know a chinese like a chinese movie i would you know this is a general coming of age story just so happens. Yeah, I think to it be. is important though to have yeah like these stories of these cultures, like obviously with with Coco or Raya yeah. or or even Soul. Like it's just it's so important to just at least show kids that these other cultures exist and are normal and are accepted. Right. And and I really like how they were able to, you know, it's you know, it's it's a you know, Mei Lin, she is a Chinese Canadian. And of course, you know, the, the red panda is it, it's, you know, the colors kind of make up, you know, the red and white, just how it is in Canada with the Canadian flag. So it's, it's really, really perfect. Um, I really, and you know, of course I'm, I'm gushing over the film. I, I'm trying to think if I had any like complete negatives that I could use in the non-spoiler section, but I'm not, there, there are a few things that I wish they would go into, but 
Did you have anything else you wanted to get off your chest before we get into spoilers? Well, you do you do know who wrote the song, right? For uh, the Four Town song? Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, come on. I thought you would know for sure. I had no clue. <laughs> Wait. You're the biggest fan there is. Is it, is it Billy Eilish? <laughs> yep. Billy and, and uh, what's his name? Phineas, Fer- her brother. Phineas, Ferb. I was going to say Ferb. <laughs> her brother, Ferb. It, you know what? That actually makes sense because I was I was looking up stuff and um, on Google and someone ter- uh, typed in uh, one of the uh, presets was, was turning red Billie Eilish. I'm like, what? And I didn't even think about it. I was like, I don't know, maybe. But that's I ac- I absolutely love that. So, hey, the, the more, you know, like, see, you you bring in a nice little trivia fact. And then I bring in one for uh, the director as well. I mean, I and again, uh, like I said, for for the uh, for the anime aesthetics, it is so beautiful. And I really wish this movie would have been able to see on the big screen because there's so many amazing moments, so many amazing scenes that it's like, man, like, I mean, I loved watching it at home. Don't get me wrong. You know, like I I feel like I have a really good TV to kind of like really make the colors pop and whatnot. But it would have been awesome to see this in a theater and the same thing with Luca. Um, it, it's, it, it really is. Um, it, it, it really, it's, it's disappointing. Um, but are you ready to get into the spoilers, Devin? Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for turning red again. That is your second spoiler warning for turning red. So if you haven't seen the movie, um pause this podcast go watch it on disney plus you know it's the weekend we're we're well i'm snowed in at least for the most part here um on my side of the world um i'm assuming the same for Devin. but if you haven't seen it go watch it it's it's a great film um for honestly for the entire family and i i love how niche this message is for a specific uh group of um, individuals you know not only just for women but for um you know the the chinese canadians out there it's it's so specific and i was like man this is just really awesome like i love the love and the care that they put into this it's very raw very vulnerable when it comes to um to the the, the aesthetics of this film and just the overall message of you know growing up and having that ugly side but um let's get into spoilers here really quick um there is one small thing that i did want to talk about um that i wish was a little bit different um it is towards when we see maylin's uh, mother and we kind of learn about the it's it's almost as if you know maylin's mother we, we we learned about the red panda of course and you know it it runs in the females of um of their family but when it comes to the discourse or the um, the disagreements between Malin's mother and her grandmother. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of the flashbacks with that, because of course, as we know, um, as we learn within the uh, the movie itself, that Malin's mother, um, her spirit of the red panda that's um, in her little pendant, apparently hers was huge, <laughs> like yeah. kaiju, like Godzilla big. And I was like, wow, and I love. Love, love. I got to give a shout out to Maitland's father. He was probably one of my favorite 
like just characters MVP <laughs> the MVP one of the most understanding fathers he took a little bit of a backseat but he was there for his daughter at the end of the day and I love to see the post credit scene with him no there I did not know there's a post credit scene now I gotta go back see he, he's a <laughs> he's a secret four town fan <laughs> is he real What's uh, name? <laughs> now I gotta go back and watch I'm, I'm glad you told me that because that is is actually really really funny but just a big shout out to Malin's father because he was one of the biggest MVPs of this entire movie but uh going back to uh my my one uh negative or my, my one con about the movie I really wish we would have seen like I wish the 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 flashback or the the discourse between Malin's mother and grandmother uh would have been fleshed out just a little bit more I wish we would have seen what would have actually happened like we were told what happened we see you know the scar on uh Malin's grandmother's face um that is Probably the only major negative I have to say about the movie. Um, but I wanted to pass it over to Devin so he can give his uh, spoiler thoughts or if there's anything he wanted to talk about that didn't work for him. Yeah, I guess my my major only complaint would be about um, Maylin's mom, Ming. She's a very complex character in that she, you can tell that she just wants the best for her daughter. But at the same time, she is just very overbearing and just does way too much and just embarrasses me <laughs> and you watching <laughs> in a different dimension. Oh, my gosh. That was so hard to watch when she walked into that Daisy Mart. Like, I <laughs> Like, talk about an overbearing parent. And I feel like everyone out there knows at least one person from their childhood who had that type of parent that was just completely overbearing. Yeah. You like you like that uh that that worker's name? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> the worker at the Daisy Mart. When you have a, the name Devin with an O, you're automatically trouble. Devon. Like that's, that's a bad <laughs> omen right there. I mean Spoiler warning, everyone out there. Devin is in a turning red. He did a fantastic job with the yes. role. <laughs> I love, I love the hat I was wearing. <laughs> that bucket, the bucket hat, the bucket hats are back in style now. They are. Twenty they were, years later. Same thing with like tracksuits after a uh, Squid Game. Yeah, it, it is crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, every like since I've seen it twice, I I chuggled every every single time. It's you know the the thirteen year old girls crushing on you know their 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 local town boy. You know they're going through all these hormones, and it's it really is like I mean obviously again like we're not women, but I I mean I've seen it like you know like with my sister and just other girls like growing up. It's like oh like. Like, what do you see in him and whatever, whatever. And it's like, hey, you know, everyone has their their secret crushes. You know, they're crushing on the boy bands. You know, it's early 2002, I think March, May um, <laughs> around that time. And it really is. I, I love how they're able to just gush over like they're the only thing that matters to these girls is going to this four town concert. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very familiar having a younger sister. I'm sure you <laughs> can oblige. Yeah, it man, it's so One Direction, One D, Four T, One Direction, Jonas Brothers. Oh my God! It, um, what, what was another? There was another one from Nickelodeon, Big Time Rush. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, man. It's it's like the only thing that matters to them in the world. And it, of course, you know, through this entire movie, that really is, you know, the main one of the main goals. You know, May Lynn, she's trying to figure out who she is and you know you you see this 
pressure mainly from her mother you know like as we said you know her her father takes more of the back seat i gotta yeah, watch yeah. i found it kind of hard to i just found it kind of hard to connect with her mom because it feels like she's being like very overbearing and very um protective mm-hmm. despite having her own experience with her own mom you would think that she would like kind of learn from that and take away like a lesson from that that you don't have to be as overbearing with your own child it just mm-hmm. feels like there's a disconnect there. Like she, she went through a traumatic experience with her own mom and now she's not really doing much to prevent that from happening again. I wonder if that stems from, you, you know, it, you know, the, the Geico commercials where, you know, we help people not become like their parents. I, I feel like, and even indirectly, it, and, and it probably came off as that way. Um, obviously her knowing this big secret about, you know, their family and, you know, the spirit of the red panda and uh, what that meant. I guess it is one of those things where you kind of just you you realize that like you become your parents without trying to. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the the bully effect. You know, the, the bully always has a bully, like they said in the in, in the Adam project where it, it kind of, you know, it kind of just um, snowballs, I think, indirectly for um, in, into Maylin. You know, obviously, she wanted nothing but the best for her daughter. But I think that somewhere along the way, she took a wrong turn. And it's it, it's kind of just that, you know, th- those family traits rubbing off from her mother. And of course, you know, we see that she wasn't the only, um, well, Malin's f- uh, mother wasn't the uh, wasn't an only child. She had four other um, <laughs> four other sisters. Wow, that is a lot. Oh, <laughs> that is. That's a lot, but you know, she had four other sisters, so it might've been, I I wish they would have kind of dug deep into like, it kind of seems that, you know, especially having five daughters or just five children in in general, you'd be fighting for your, your parents' love. But I I do see where you're coming from, uh, Devin. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I I would have to watch it again uh, just to kind of um, see if there was anything else I was missing, but it, it seems like it was just, something indirectly that that happened because as we see you know towards the end of the third acts you know she said you know she wanted to you know watch her daughter like a hawk because obviously you knew she knew this was coming and maybe that kind of got all mixed in with everything and it's kind of you know nothing stays forever but i i, I do see what you're saying um and like, that, not, not even like a warning like hey um <laughs> you know that that panda you dress up as yeah that'll be you in a couple of years yeah and i wonder if you know obviously and it's much like with uh malin's mother obviously she, her having the biggest panda spirit and then Mei Lin's um, spirit coming early. So I'm not sure if there necessarily is like a specific age that when it comes, it's just, it, it, and even in the movie, you know, uh, Mei Lin's mother, she, she kind of freaks out, freaks out. And she's like, Oh my gosh, like I thought we had more time. I thought we had more time. And it, it's, it's literally just one of those things that just, you know, throw like life throws at you and you're not ready for it but it's here and you just have to deal with it but i um yeah it's a bit of a um you know a, a few questionable things but of course it's it it is a kids movie so 
I mean, I wish I can get more logical with it, but if we do, we're going to be here all day. (laughs) Definitely. But uh, was there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? I feel like uh, we can uh, end this one a little bit early just because we are uh, a little bit pressed for time, or at least I am today, unfortunately. But uh, we'll get into final thoughts about this movie. What, what did you think about that 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 amazing uh, climactic ending? Very, very uh, Power Rangers esque. Oh, okay. This is what I'm talking about. The anime love is here. Not even with the action scenes, but that food scene with uh, Malin's father. I haven't seen that type. Like I've never seen, or not never seen. It's been a while since I've seen like animated food that looks that good since like spirit away or even Howl's moving castle um it oh my gosh the ugh, the food looked amazing i was like i want a piece of that dish like she was right drooling now. i was drooling <laughs> i was drooling for sure i like how the i like how the four town boys <laughs> came in and saved the day did yeah. not expect that oh for sure and it's you know putting you know the the whole red um the red sun experience i but really quick going back to the anime experience i'm telling the entire third act is is a is a pixar uh japanese anime like fest it was amazing like it of, of course you know it had the power rangers vibes in there but man oh man i was like when I was watching it the first time, I'm like, this is amazing. And I loved it even more the second time that I watched it because they talk about, or at least um, the director, uh, she, she talks about, you know, her love for um, Japanese anime. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of the producers and the people um, on the, on the cast and crew, their, their love for it. And, you know, it's, it's all there. And I never thought we would ever see this in a Pixar uh, movie whatsoever and i i i love yeah it's it. <laughs> like they went they went beyond just just the metaphor of it being about puberty they actually talked mm. about like oh um i'm gonna bring pads to school because i think you're going through something <laughs> May- like they get pretty direct with it maitland's mother <laughs> that poor security guard <laughs> every single time <laughs> He was like, please, Mrs. Lee, <laughs> you have to leave the premises. Like, my gosh, overbearing as, oh, I don't know what, Devin. I felt so bad for Maylin, like, countless times. And, but like, yeah, it's, it's, that's how, that's how parents are sometimes, you know, they're, they're overbearing. And especially during that, that age where, you know, Maylin's mother thought that she was going through, you know, actual puberty where it was well, in a way, but different type of a, a, a more kid friendly uh, version of puberty. But it, it really is a, um, I, I think this is one of Pixar's best movies in, in a really long time. Um, you know, it, of course, you know, always makes you cry, you know, Malin's father uh, bringing in, you know, the, uh, the little camera and asking, Oh, like, is this you? Like, he's just so like quiet and reserved. And I absolutely loved how, his parenting style. He was just very, <laughs> he's true. <laughs> he's true to himself. <laughs> he knows who he is. Shout out to Maitland's father uh, for sure. But uh, let's get into uh, final thoughts and scores here. I'll pass over to Devin. Um, also give out your score and we'll, uh, I'll do mine and I'll uh, close this out here. Yeah. As far as score goes, um, I don't really remember what score I gave Luca, but it's definitely a similar spot amongst mm. my my Pixar film enjoyment. Somewhere in the middle there, I believe this one and Luca will be 
next to each other. I'm yeah. going to give this one like uh, a solid 81. Like there are definitely a couple issues with the story here and there, but obviously it's Pixar, so it looks amazing throughout the entire yeah. movie. Obviously it's it's stunning to look at. And it's these characters are very enjoyable. Like the first five minutes you get with Maylin, you just see how how bubbly and entertaining she is, and you just you just learn to love her as a character, and that's that's what helps the story. She's not afraid to be who she is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, uh, on Letterbox, I think I posted it on our Instagram already, but I give it a four out of five stars, uh, which would probably equivalent to like uh, a ninety out of a hundred. I really, really did enjoy this movie. Um, you know, in, it, even watch rewatching this morning was not a plan of mine. I was just trying to figure out, you know, what I could kind of watch throughout the morning to kind of, you know, ease into the day before I got my actual day started. And I was like, man, I'm like, you know, like I, I want to watch turning red again. And, you know, just, I, I just want to enjoy it because man, oh man, it's like I said, like it's, it, I can constantly say that this is probably my second favorite Pixar film. Uh, Coco still remains number one. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat Coco, but this one is definitely a close second. Um, I really enjoy how uh, Dame Shi and the rest of the cast and crew was able to put, you know, uh, you know, the, the adolescent life of being a Chinese Canadian on screen. It's very raw, very vulnerable. And I, I love the art style of just everything, not even just the, the anime-esque styles. But um, this, like I said before, you know, um, the the aesthetics here is not your typical Pixar aesthetics, it, but it's a very, very welcomed one. You know, it is Pixar, but it feels different. And I think that is something Pixar has been missing for a while. A lot of their um, previous films uh, for a while, they just felt a little bit samey. But, um, you know, I, I really wish there are just so many scenes in this movie that um, that would have shined brightly in theaters, uh, especially in the third act. Like, but and I really hope that Pixar's next project um, really gets a uh, theatrical release that it deserves uh, for sure, because I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm rooting for Pixar. Um, you know, it's they've they're, they've always been a top notch studio. And I feel like. Uh, Disney should start treating them as such again because it's 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 a good movie, man. Like, you know, I I would recommend this to every anyone. You know, any uh um you know young lady out there who is you know hitting around that age, whatnot, and you know watching it with um parents and what have you. But overall, uh, a job well done uh, by the whole cast and crew. Um, you know the the director's vision really. Uh, showed here it's a very very personal movie and um definitely one of my favorite animated movies of the year of thus far i think i only animated so far that we've seen it's not we don't get a lot of animated movies anymore which kind of no. blows but uh this one was you know it wasn't really on my radar at first but I'm, I'm glad that it is so that pretty much concludes our review of uh turning red pixar's latest uh film again you can watch it on disney plus um it's it's no extra charge whatsoever, which is uh, really really nice. Um, that whole Disney Plus premiere thing that eh, was a bit steep. Uh, what was it thirty dollars? <laughs> and all you had to do was wait like what like a few months or something for like Black Widow and um, uh, <laughs> Mulan to uh, to hit Disney Plus. But um, it is on Disney Plus free of charge, so definitely watch it with the family. It's it's a great time. And again, you know, if if you're millennials like me uh, or Devin, 
uh, like us, excuse me, you're, you're definitely going to love it. Uh, 100%, especially if you live in Canada, you know, Canadian pride. Oh, Canada, our home and native land. So what's coming up in the podcast? You might ask, we have our hunger games, Mockingjay part one episode that is out now as well as our Batman, uh, the Batman, excuse me, the Batman, uh, spoiler and non-spoiler review that is out on the, um, out on the podcast as well as our Euphoria season two review and our um, Adam Project, the Adam Project review that is now streaming on Netflix. So definitely check that out if you've watched that movie. And coming up on the podcast, man, oh man, you know, Moon Knight's coming towards the end of March. I believe we have A24's latest horror movie, which is uh, titled X, that's coming out next weekend. And um, a few other twists and turns. Um, my gosh, I'm trying to think what else come out oh, the halo series as well. We're going to be covering that. Um, I believe we decided to do, uh, we're going to do moon Knight weekly. Um, but for halo, I think we're going to wait till the end just because it's a lot to cover, <laughs> a lot to cover for sure. Um, so definitely check out some of our, um, other TV reviews that are on the podcast right now. Of course we have our, uh, peacemaker episode or not episode but season one review that we did with the lovely uh, tessa smith aka mama's geeky as well as our um raised by wolves review that me and uh, leo from geekly goods tackled over there so that pretty much uh, concludes what's coming up on the show and always um don't forget to share an episode of our podcast with a friend whether it be your mother your brother your lover whoever it may be always make sure to share a episode of the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need. So that pretty much concludes our review altogether. Again, Devin, thank you always for coming on. My co-host couldn't do all this without him. So I think it's time we take a trip to Canada. (laughs) Here we come. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you guys have a great, great week. And that's a wrap for today, everyone. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. We'll see you guys in Toronto. Peace.